Well, uh, good evening. It's a little uh, after 6.30 p.m., I believe. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'm Dick Whaley, and my partner Jim Dwyer has the week off. He's <laughs> coming home from the UP. Boy, in the winter, it's always uh, an adventure in Michigan with the weather. We get some uh, cold weather on the way the next couple of days, so uh, watch those wind chills and keep shoveling your sidewalk. <laughs> kind of refreshing to get back to Ann, to Ann Arbor. It's in New York for a couple of weeks. Well, more than a couple of weeks, but anyway, uh, I live in the Water Hill neighborhood. And the Water Hill neighborhood is sort of banded together to have a little mini tractor. Uh, scrape all of the, or brush off all the, the sidewalks in the neighborhood. And I think that that's one of the great things about living in this city, that we have uh, palpable volunteerism that makes things work. group of neighbors are getting together to actually operate this little mini tractor. Front page story, or in the uh, recent edition of the Ann Arbor News about this development. And uh, while they've taken out a four-year lease on the little mini snowplow tractor, whatever you want to call it, kind of one of those little bobcat things, um, sounds like they've already raised half the money from private donations. So even though I shovel my walk uh, pretty regularly, it's uh, rather nice that uh, citizens are banding together to make it happen, and uh, sometimes that's what it's all about. Sometimes there actually is good news. And, of course, uh, lately the news has been kind of grim. We have entered a new year. The days are getting longer. I don't think we need to spend too long on the Charlie Hebdo controversy in France. 
uh, although I guess I have a comment about satire and ridicule, because uh, this is sort of one of the spirits of Gray Matters over the years. We give out brain damage awards. We do it in good fun. But we do it to ridicule stupidity, greed, wrongheadedness, incompetence, and just the general weirdness of uh, the United States of America. I mean, here today we have Marco Rubio criticizing our government because we didn't send a higher status person than the French ambassador for this little march that they had in uh, France yesterday. It wasn't just Paris. It was uh, nationwide, but it was an impressive turnout in Paris alone. Moral support. And, uh, you know, the front page photograph was Merkel and Hollande and, amazingly, Netanyahu. I think he just happened to be in uh, Paris uh, this weekend in response to these uh, assassinations, these uh, acts of uh, violence. But uh, it's, it's very odd to hear the Republican Party, who ridiculed the French uh, in response to their opposition to the Iraq War, where congressmen were demanding that French fries be called freedom fries, for instance, talk about trivia, um, <laughs> now coming to criticize the Obama administration uh, for not sending a higher-status American delegate to this uh, march. Very peculiar. Um, look, Joe Biden has been to a number of funerals here in the United States recently due to rampant guns available to uh, mentally ill people and other fools. Seems that the the gun uh, that uh, killed the police officers in New York City uh, might have been obtained illegally in the state of Georgia. That's still being investigated. But uh, I don't think the French sent a high delegate person, for instance, to the Newton, Newtown, uh, Connecticut massacres. Uh, and I'm not, uh, I don't know what is actually wrong with uh, the, the French ambassador participating in the march. That strikes me as high status enough. John Kerry, of course, who's now the Secretary of State, was ridiculed throughout the 2004 campaign for speaking French, for actually being fluent in French. Of course, he was the son of a diplomat, so he was educated abroad. And there were always sneering attacks on his character regarding this sort of suggestion, this innuendo that he might be French. And, of course, he had a uh, a wife that was born in South Africa. So while the Obama administration uh, may have fumbled the ball a bit, I don't know what the alternative was. I mean, if Obama had gone himself, there would have been lots of secret service. It would have been chaos. He couldn't have possibly gone to something like this. Um, of course, the availability of guns in France is uh, <clears throat> not quite like the United States of America, but uh, satire uh, and uh, 
shall we say, uh, offensive speech has been one of the sort of public policy debates about the Charlet Hebdo. Pardon my French accent, but uh, that was an attempt at one. Uh, a, a, a spoof magazine, kind of along the lines of uh, National Lampoon, Mad Magazine, that sort of thing. Monty Python was uh, often invoked as a comparison. And indeed, uh, ridicule and satire of the power structure in the globe, I think, is worth going after. Monty Python was never afraid, for instance, on their TV show to go after the Catholic Church, the Pope, uh, you know, the Queen of England, Queen Victoria, <laughs> the Nazis, uh, some some uh, elements of our uh, unfortunate uh, civilization needs to be ridiculed. Um, however, you know, there are instances where a judgment is, uh, as they say, or Shakespeare put it, uh, discretion gets the better part of valor. I don't even know that you really need to spoof uh, the prophet Muhammad. Uh, you can just read the day, the weekly headlines. They're grim enough, and they're not satire. I mean, just in this weekend's paper, we have Iraq suicide bomb bombers from the AP leave 23 dead in Iraq last Thursday. The attacks took place in Yusufia, south of Baghdad, in Samarra, north of Baghdad, and in western Baghdad. Attacks against the Shiite majority and security forces occur almost daily in Iraq. We have a Militants from the New South, this is just from the uh, January 9th edition of the World Briefings from Reuters. Militants in the Nusra Front, with links to Al-Qaeda, have blown up the 13th century tomb of a revered Islamic scholar in southern Syria. Today, the school in Pakistan reopened, where the Pakistan Taliban killed with uh, similar atrociousness and even greater atrociousness than the Newtown, Connecticut massacres of a couple of years ago, 148 school children and teachers. We had attacks in Nigeria yesterday, suicide bombers. One of the female suicide bombers was allegedly 10 years old. Do we need cartoons to ridicule this? I don't believe so. I believe if we just report the facts, read these grim daily accounts of this kind of rubbish, that satire doesn't even need to be utilized in this situation. Uh, of course, uh, Charlie Hebdo uh, did all sorts of satire about all kinds of things. And... Yeah, they were kind of, uh, David Brooks put it in a column where he said, I'm not Charlie Hebdo. Well, you know, uh, George Clooney last night at the Golden Globes announced to the world that he is, he said, je suis Charlie Hebdo. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that that's a legitimate rallying cry. 
obviously people in France, where they do not, by the way, have the so-called First Amendment. They do not have the right of freedom of speech. But uh, satire has been a big part of French culture for many centuries. Indeed, it played a big role in uh, unifying or <laughs> inspiring, shall we say, elements of the French Revolution. Political satire uh, goes way back uh, in the uh, Western uh, culture of the Enlightenment. Uh, Jonathan Swift's uh, Modest Proposal, of course, is one of the most famous examples of satire that would offend people, perhaps. But the point is to uh, make a point. And if we as human beings can't have a sense of humor and are unable to step away and get all excited about the sat uh, the uh, cartoons or the spoofs or the sketches or whatever you want to call it, Saturday Night Live, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the life of Brian was deemed offensive by certain people. It just isn't uh, worth wasting all the breath <laughs> uh, regarding um, the purpose of satire as political commentary, and I, I, I hope it continues. It's interesting that this attack by these uh, morons in France are probably going to keep Charlie Hebdo in business. Uh, I understand that they've got a, a print edition coming out this Wednesday that's already plan for a million copies because people are going to want to see what it says. Down here on Gray Matters over the years, we've always loved to read items from The Onion magazine here in the United States, published out of uh, the venerable city Wisconsin, Madison, sort of uh, almost a sister city of Ann Arbor in so many ways culturally and historically as it relates to the Vietnam War. Um, Dr. Strangelove, both Jim Dwyer and I's, uh, one of our favorite movies of all time, of course ridicules the absurdity of nuclear war. Pauline Kael in The New Yorker didn't like this movie. She said it wasn't funny. Well, I don't know which movie she was watching. She obviously didn't get the jokes. And yes, satire can sometimes go over our heads, Perhaps we don't understand the cross-literary uh, historical references that a magazine like Charlie Hebdo uh, probably um, explored on more than one occasion. It's interesting, too, to note that uh, this magazine had an armed guard. And, uh, well, the fact that he had a gun didn't seem to have stopped the attack. This was obviously well-planned, and uh, probably uh, these guys spent a couple of years planning this attack. Uh, but I don't think whatever they attempted to do, other than obtain vengeance, uh, has worked. Uh, the world has condemned what they have done, and we move on. And Charlie Hebdo looks like they're going to survive despite the fact of uh, the fact that they lost quite a bit of talent in this horrendous event and needless to say of course there was a, an attack on a uh, um, 
Jewish deli, a kosher deli that may or may not have been exactly coordinated with this attack. Maybe it was a sympathetic attack. It's a little unclear. The Queen of Diamonds seems to have disappeared somewhere in uh, Syria. They're looking for her. Uh, her role in this uh, criminal event is still unclear. Maybe she didn't even go to Syria. Maybe she <laughs> took uh, had a cell phone uh, placed in somebody else's luggage that made it look like she went to Syria. Who knows? But if she's joined up with ISIL, uh, she's going to probably meet her doom fairly soon because uh, they're not winning their war either. Uh, the idea, you know, it's interesting that there's been a lot of exploration into the mood of the French and uh, whether or not France is in decline. They've certainly had economic difficulties in the last several years under Hollande. Uh, they are the, a key element of the European Union, and unlike Germany, which is uh, doing quite well economically, France has struggled, and some of their banks indeed are uh, susceptible and have been linked to the American financial crisis. So many of their banks have uh, bought some of this bad debt that the United States was uh, peddling around the world. It's interesting that the word used at the time was contagion. Vocabulary always changes from crisis to crisis. I always find that interesting that a word like contagion, which uh, might not mean anything to, to most of us, suddenly becomes a big word as it, as it was related to the f international financial crisis that started in 2007 and, of course, culminated in 2008 with uh, uh, pretty much disastrous results. Rather amusing to, to hear over the weekend that the uh, Republican Party and Grover Norquist uh, and Mitch McConnell, uh, now the majority leader, are uh, seeking credit for the, for the American economy. Uh, they want credit for the rebound. Uh, very strange stuff. Um, they've fumbled the economic crisis from day one. Very few Republicans voted for the $800 billion stimulus that Barack Obama got through Congress in 2009. Many of them voted against the TARP bailout. Uh, I think we saw just a, a week ago that General Motors and uh, Chrysler have are more or less out of the woods on that, and that the government spent about $9 billion to prevent spending about $150 billion, which is what they would have had to dole out if they had let General Motors fail. I also want to add that the other auto companies located in the South, specifically placed there in opposition to union uh, organization. These are in right-to-work states. Many of their senators were against the auto bailout under the theory that their states would benefit if General Motors went under. 
Unfortunately, most experts claim that the, all of the auto companies in America would have gone under because these car companies wouldn't have been able to get parts, would have taken a long time to ramp up part production in Japan and Germany to save their auto production facilities here in the United States. Grover Norquist, over the weekend, uh, a conservative anti-tax activist who uh, is a couple of sandwiches short of a picnic, apparently has been on Twitter uh, since late December to begin taking credit for the economic quickening economic growth, according to the New York Times, attributing it to the Republican-engineered automatic spending cuts, budget showdowns, and the locking in of most of the Bush tax cuts in January 2013. <laughs> this is remarkable because, of course, the locking in of the tax cuts has contributed to the continuing and growing inequality problem here in the United States, so I'm not too sure why they want to take credit for that. And these budget showdowns didn't help America at all. It made America look exceedingly foolish. Um, governmental spending costs actually went up uh, to uh, deal with the government shutdowns. Uh, all of the workers had to be paid, in many cases, extra money so perhaps it's actually, uh, in a strange way, a benefit. It was the bonus money might have helped the economy. The economy, of course, is kind of rolling along in comparison to other entities, economic entities, including the uh, European Union. But I'm more of the uh, persuasion. I'm more persuaded by Paul Krugman's ar arguments that the austerity measures employed by the European Union are at the heart of the problem with their economies, as well as the fact that uh, places like Greece, Italy, Spain, to a lesser extent Ireland, have... Uh, Ireland has uh, recovered a little bit, but it also, by the way, just for the record, is a tax haven for corporations uh, seeking to evade corporate responsibility here in the United States. Inversion. Corporate inversion. That's a new uh, term that we learned last year, or at least it was uh, highlighted last year about the growing problem of American corporations basing their uh, quote-unquote headquarters abroad to evade uh, American tax rates. So it's a bizarre turn of events regarding this uh, desire by the Republicans to seek credit for the economy. Uh, PolitiFact, the nonpartisan fact checker, uh, in response to Mitch McConnell's uh, claim that the Republicans have um, deserve credit for the recovery, um, basically... Uh, pointed out that the economic rebound um, or that, that it had anything to do with the Republicans winning uh, in, uh, in November, uh, their analysis w w basically labeled Mitch McConnell's claims false. False. 
quote unquote. Um, so, so much for that. And of course, over the week, the weekend we saw the um, <clears throat> unemployment statistics come out once again. Substantial job growth under the Obama administration. Not as good as the Clinton administration, technically, but uh, kind of winding down the river, kind of slow but steady. Now, of course, the problem with many of the jobs created is they're not well-paying. But it strikes me that America's economic performance in the last several years has had very little to do with Republican policies because uh, other than obstructionism and shutting down the government, there isn't much to show for the Republican policies yet. Uh, the can's been kicked down the road several times. And the deficit was uh, improving immediately under Obama because uh, of, of a lot of things, including the stimulus package. $800 billion stimulus package that 92% of uh, international economists claim was the correct thing to do. Now, in spite of these cold uh, temperatures that we've been experiencing here in the Midwest, parts of the East, and uh, even down South, kind of interesting to see when uh, parts of Texas are uh, colder than the so-called Texas panhandle has been just about as cold as Michigan lately. Uh, don't be fooled. The Arctic continues to warm faster than the rest of the globe, according to scientists. This is from the uh, 18th of December edition by Kenneth Chung. Says the new finding appears in the Arctic Report Card, first published in 2006 by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. NOAA is probably an acronym many of us are not familiar with, but they've been measuring uh, the sea, the, the 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 frozen component of the Arctic Ocean, and this, of course, is rapidly disappearing. Uh, the vulnerable creatures here, by the way, are the polar bears. They need sea ice, since they're mammals, to uh, get out of the water. And if they don't have it, uh, they're, they're going to start moving south. But in any event, uh, snow cover measured since 1967 was below average and set a record low in uh, the April Eurasian region of the Arctic Sea, where temperatures are rising, particularly in the Chukchi Sea, northwest of Alaska, where the waters are warming at a rate of almost one degree Fahrenheit per decade. Now, you know, you hear that one, per, one degree per decade, and you don't think that's terribly alarming. But does anybody that knows anything about the qualities of water know that there is a big difference between water at uh, 31 degrees and water at 35 degrees. Uh, water at 31 degrees is frozen. Water at 35 degrees is not. It's mighty cold, but it's not ice. And when you com combine that with the fact that uh, 
greater areas of Greenland now have no snow-covered parts, that the glaciers are in fact retreating in, in, in Greenland. 14 out of the 15 glacial areas, by the way, in the, in the world are in retreat. This is documented by photographic evidence. One outstanding thing about some of our nature photographers over the uh, many, many decades is that photographers who took pictures of glaciers back in, say, 1910, 1920, 100 years ago, roughly, uh, it's astonishing to see some of the uh, glacial retreat in places like uh, Yosemite, uh, the Patagonia in, uh, in Argentina. Uh, it's been pretty well documented that the so-called snows of Kilimanjaro, uh, Kilimanjaro, the biggest uh, mountain in, uh, in the continent of Africa, will probably not exist in 20 to 30 years due to this global warming. Well, this, this evidence just keeps piling up. And there's nothing but evidence about the global warming problem, the climate change problem, not, maybe not global warming, but climate change. But clearly the oceans are getting warmer and ice is melting, period. Um, NASA measures sunlight, and uh, they have uh, found... Since 2000, the amount of absorbed solar radiation in the Arctic during the summer months rose 5%. That's called the albedo effect. Less ice, more sun is absorbed by the ocean. And, of course, in this article, they have a kind of an interesting aerial shot of the Bering Sea showing the growth of uh, phytoplankton blossoms as a result of the warming. Always alarming scientific information that needs to be uh, considered, period. Um, without going into any of the other gory details, we'll just mention that you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Andrew has been our engineer this evening, and Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, while I was gone, of course, there was a big controversy involving the the horrible call in the Dallas-Detroit uh, game. And, yeah, that was pass interference on about four grounds. Uh, leave it to the Dallas Cowboys to come up with uh, a kind of a, well, that big call didn't matter because there were about six or seven other calls where they didn't call the Lions for a penalty. Well, that's pathetic, but... Uh, let me just say on the on the football real real quick. I think it's kind of fortunate, you know, we've had a very strange um, media year with football, but I think it's interesting that four of the best five quarterbacks are in the in the two final games in the AFC and the NFC. And uh, you know what's interesting? Any of these four teams can win. So despite all of the problems with Roger Goodell, domestic violence. Uh, concussions, which, uh, by the way, uh, the NFL paid out, uh, so far, it's paid out $765 million for concussions. Uh, some of the veteran football players are not ex accepting this settlement, so the concussion problem isn't going to go away. But it is interesting to note, uh, related to